It's the most exciting week of the year, and I couldn't be less excited about it this year. But we got a guy here. We've got the guy on the podcast to get us excited, to get me excited. And I'm talking when I say us, I mean OU fans, but even Texas fans after what they went through. We have Barry Switzer as our guest. So let's get into it and get excited. This is the Bed Goods Big 12 Bullets. That's right, we have the king, Barry Switzer. So I'm really not going to spend too much time on the front end here of this podcast because I know that if you're listening, you're probably listening to hear the king. You want to hear Barry Switzer and you want to hear him talk about Texas. You want to hear him talk about Oklahoma and you want to hear him talk about what he thinks OU will look like at the end of the season because uh, I think it was actually a very surprising answer when, when he was talking about that. So get excited for that. To set the stage, Oklahoma lost to Iowa State. That is their second consecutive loss. That is the first time in 22 years they've lost two consecutive games. They are 0-2 in the Big 12. They're in last place right there with Kansas in the Big 12. It is a stunning turn of events. Meanwhile, Texas lost to TCU for the seventh time in nine years. Uh, Texas fumbled on the one yard line late in the game to lose that. Uh, it was, it was a a competitive game back and forth, but Texas just can't seem to beat TCU. So we have a two and one Texas team facing off against a one and two Oklahoma team in a, uh, 25% capacity cotton bowl with no state fair crowd. Big Tex will be there, but that's about it. It is like a lot of things in 2020 very strange and we can kind of pretend that we should be really excited about it but there's going to be something just slightly off about it not even because of all of the the losing Oklahoma's done or even Texas this last week not even that I mean just the the scenario is the the setting is going to be very very strange that said it is still Texas it is still Oklahoma it will still count in the record books it will still be remembered no matter what happens. It will be a remembered, uh, it will be a memorable game that people will talk about for many years. And a guy who has been part of a lot of memorable games is Barry Switzer. If you are unfamiliar with Barry Switzer, he is a three-time national championship winning coach at Oklahoma. He played at Arkansas um, played with Jimmy Johnson and then was a coach at Arkansas when Jerry Jones was on the team. Um, and then after his Oklahoma coaching career, uh, he went on to coach the Dallas Cowboys and he won a Super Bowl uh, with the Dallas Cowboys in the 90s, the last Super Bowl winning coach for the Dallas Cowboys. So he is as distinguished as you could possibly be and he is also one of the greatest characters in all of sports and certainly one of the greatest and most unique characters in college football. I had a little bit of an audio microphone kind of mix-up thing, so I sound a little funny in this interview, so just forgive that. But you can hear Coach Switzer just fine. So I'm going to throw it to that interview right here. Here's Barry Switzer. And what an exciting week. It is OU Texas week, and we have the expert on beating Texas, Coach Barry Switzer. How's it going, Coach? 
Hey, Scott, really good. I don't know what uh, I'm an expert on beating Texas. I did have a, I won more than I lost against them, and that's tough to do. I don't think most people can say that, but uh, that was back, uh, what we're talking about 40 years ago, guy. I, that was, I was coaching here in the 70s, the 80s, uh, and uh, uh, that's 40, 50 years ago. Most people out there listening to this weren't even born. Yes, Scott, what are you talking about? But I did have a great run on, and uh, I, had, of course, had a great run on everybody, you know. And uh, we, we were, were winning steam in college football. So when I retired, it, I had the best winning percentage of any team in, in college football. But you know, that was forty years ago. Yeah, you yeah. you played at Arkansas, which was a big Texas rival as well. But you didn't have as much success as a player against Texas, did you? Um, no, we, I don't know if we ever beat them. You know, we're we were in the Southwest Conference, old Southwest Conference. Uh, Texas kind of dominated it, and uh, we were Arkansas was the only state uh, university, only state that wasn't a part of the Southwest Conference. So every you know every school in the Southwest Conference, which is really half the Big Twelve today, you know the TCU's, the Baylor's, the Texas A and M, and all those. Texas A and M's out of the conference now; they're in the what the SEC. Mm-hmm. But all those made up; they all made up the old Southwest Conference, SMU included in that bunch. And uh, uh, and it was, uh, you know, Arkansas just didn't have enough player. We only had a couple million people in the state, and so therefore we didn't produce many high school football players. We had to recruit out of Texas, so. We didn't get that many great players out of Texas, but we got a few, and, and we we did win the uh, um, end of my career in Arkansas. We won the national championship in 64. We won undefeated beat, uh, Nebraska in the Cotton Bowl. And we had beaten Texas, who was undefeated and uh, defending champions from 1963, and they beat Alabama and Joe Namath in the Orange Bowl. We would beaten them in the regular season, and they went ahead and beat Joe Namath and Alabama in the Orange Bowl. And we went ahead and beat uh, uh, Nebraska in the Cotton Bowl. We were the only team undefeated uh, left in the, the top five. So we, we ended up being national champions. And uh, that was into my Arkansas career before I came here 54 years ago to, to Oklahoma. So, so I started on here. Yeah, so, you know, Texas has been your a big rival of yours for a long time. I know you're a competitive guy, but would you ever say that you had a, a sort of people say like I hate Texas? Did you ever have that kind of burning passion? Okay, coaches, coaches don't take it personal. Right, fans take it personal. Players right. and coaches don't take it personal. We go out there and play a game, we lose it. We got to get ready for the next one. So we uh, we got one day to live with it, and that's it. We got to get ready to play our schedule. And uh, I never have a personal grudge against any coach. Uh, Never did. One reason we're both all in the game. We coach. We look at film of each other. We study each other. We all know who's got the better team. In most cases, we know and uh, and uh, recognize that. So, and when we do upset someone or win, they usually they helped us or you know we they, they, in other words they get made some mistakes. They turned the ball over, punted. You know we made some plays and they made some mistakes. I know. I, I look back at my career and the games. I, I missed that couple of other national championships because I fumbled nine times and they recovered six of them. Then I played them again in the Orange Bowl in Nebraska. I fumbled one time, didn't lose that, and had them 31 to 10 in the fourth quarter. <laughs> but the, uh, but the, the, they had counted when I was undefeated all year long, leading the nation in, in both offense and defense in 1978. Uh, had the number one player in the country, the Heisman Trophy winner, Billy Sims, uh, first player picked in the draft. 
I had Kenny King played in the league. I had David Overstreet, the 10th player picked in the draft. You know, I, I had uh, I had so many great players, and Thomas Lott, my quarterback, I had just uh, – and, and, and then I go help him. I go up there and play the worst game all year long, and, and then we only lose at 17 to 14. I put my defense – I lose six fumbles, and your defense still only holds them to 17 points. My God, you can't do that today. And uh, but we we were good enough then to do it. And uh, and uh, it just uh, I think about you, you go back and look at I look at it. See, coaches look at it that way. You know, we don't take it personal at all. Get back to your question. I get I get frustrated. Me, you get me talking about that damn game. Still, <laughs> that's been fifty some years ago. But anyway, uh, no, I didn't take it personal with any of. Them. I you know, I was friends with them. Some of them I went to school with, played with, knew them for years, respected them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Did you? You mentioned you knew when your team was was better or not better. You didn't have many times where you didn't have the better team going into a game, but those few times maybe that you recognize that. What do you say to your team? How, how do you inspire them? Several times now, when you played Texas and Nebraska, and you played uh, some, you know, the Southern Cal's and the Michigans and some of the people I played, Penn State's. You know, you're playing people as good as you are. Mm-hmm. You better play better bring your A game when you go play them I and you can't make mistakes and you maybe win. But, uh, and that's why we did win. And, but, yeah, but sometimes you didn't and we ended up helping people. But I, uh, I look back on that, uh, career and, uh, you know, I, you know, I didn't lose to Bobby Bowden. I never I won three games against him, never lost to him. I didn't lose to Bo Schimbecker, uh, uh, Daryl Roll. I never lost to, uh, you know, it just, uh, but here again, it was in an era when I had a great team. I, for, you know what, why I was successful, Scott, is I was doing the right thing before anyone else was. I was recruiting black players when no one else was. I was playing a black quarterback in 1971, and Southwest Conference SEC wasn't recruiting black players. And so I was doing the right thing, recruiting the best players at all positions. Kids recognized that. And uh, the kids wanted to come here because of that. And so I got the, the tremendous uh, recruiting response back when, and then, uh, and obviously I was better than they were. And, uh, and uh, that, that was, it doesn't happen today because we were, we're all, it's, it's totally changed. But, but uh, my success, I came along at the right time, my philosophy and, uh, and uh, paid off for me because I just did the right thing before anyone else did it. Yeah, when when you were going out and, and recruiting black players before a lot of other schools were doing that, did you get pushback from other coaches, or did did you get pushback from fans? I, I, I told my coaching staff, if you don't believe in what I do, you need to. I find you another coach to work for. You get your ass out of here. I don't want you around. And uh, they all believed like I did, and so I got you know I got static from fans. I got the regents right. Man, I didn't give a damn. You know what? Long as you know, one takes care of a lot of things. You know that's what they let one does. You go win football games. Hey, you hey, don't worry about it. I don't. I take the heat. I don't give a damn. And uh, so uh, we uh, never really. We'd laugh them. I'd get letters. I'd read them to my football team. <laughs> we'd all laugh. I'd throw it up in the air, and we all go practice. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, so it was that it was a different time, a different era, and I, I benefited from that. So, looking at this year's team, obviously, you've been watching; hasn't gone too well, um, really, for the first time in, in many years. 
you know, what, what do you, you had only a few years that were similar to this, um, thinking about kind of the early 80s. Um, what do you say to a team that's so used to winning? If you're Lincoln Riley, you know, how do you kind of right the ship so early in a season to with a team that really has not experienced anything like this? Let me tell you why I think. I think we're going to still play for the championship. You know, you got OSU up there. They're, uh, they're leading the league. They haven't lost the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They haven't played anybody yet. You know what I mean? And I know that we have the talent. If we get our people back, we get uh, these guys that are on probation. We get our backs back out there. We get our defensive end back out there. We get our defensive linemen back out there. And uh, uh, we're, we're better than they are. If we play good, we'll go win. And our offense is, is pretty good. But uh, we've we made some mistakes. And our defense hasn't played well enough to overcome the offensive mistakes. And uh, we, we put uh, in what sometimes we've had one carry the other. Well, we haven't done that. We both played. Both phases have played poorly put a couple of halves together. And uh, and it's really hurt us. But I still believe that we will be in the thick of things before it's all over with. Okay, that that's very encouraging to me as a as an OU grad because I'm I'm pretty down on the team right now. But I like to hear that. What do you think is going to happen this weekend? Well, yeah, we're a two and a half point favorite. You can go better all you want down Vegas, get you two and a half. You know what I mean? They, mm-hmm. they still think we're the better team, but you know you got to go prove it, and you got to decide how you play the game. It's uh, I yeah, I just believe that the, that will rise to the occasion. And, uh, and uh, they've got to prove to me otherwise. I'm going to stick with that until I see the difference. How would the lack of a crowd or really small crowds, how would that have affected you as a coach? Would it have bothered you at all? No, I don't, I've always said this. I said, you when you play a Texas or a Nebraska, you play a top team in the country, I don't care if it's a pasture out there. Both teams will go out there and lay it on the line. And if it's just a bunch of damn Brahma bulls standing around watching you, you know, you wouldn't give a damn. You're going to for the pride and character that each guy possesses, they're going to go out there and give it all because they want to win because they're competitors. And, uh, and, the, and, I, and so I don't buy into the fact that no one's in the stands. That's the way they can play, play the game. Hell no. They, they, they go play it, play it hard, you know, just, uh, and, uh, and I really believe that that, that doesn't influence the game, whether the people in the crowd or not, how they play, the effort they give. Hmm. That's, that's interesting. I, I would think that maybe in a game like te- the Texas game where you're, you're going to be really, really riled up, it wouldn't matter, but maybe in a, a game you're a little less excited about, I think it might, you know, have an effect on some of those players, but, um, that's why I'm not a guy who's out there playing because I don't. Well, you know. guys, I think you go out whether you're in front of a crowd, but you got a front. You got to remember, you got a national TV crowd watching. You got millions of people out there just watching you compete, and the guys don't want to look like they're not playing hard. <laughs> you got coaches great, and their ass won't be on starting lineup. They will might not be on the team next week. They don't go out there and lay it on the line. So, and they damn sure won't be starting. So, yeah, for sure. Great. And they got to play for great effort every snap. And if they don't, uh, they don't play. They play the other guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you joining us, Coach. And um, thanks for making me feel better about how this season's going to go with Real U. Don't call me if we lose, all right? All right. <laughs> Take care. So I guess if OU wins, I'll call him. But if uh, OU loses, I'm not going to call him. Thanks again to the King 
to Coach Switzer for joining me on the podcast. Um, really good insight into his career, um, into things that made him successful. And uh, I like that he thinks OU is going to uh, right the ship and turn things around and have a good season. I don't know. After seeing those games, I, I don't. Uh, I don't know if I share that same optimism. But I appreciate that he has optimism. To uh, talk quickly about the other games in the Big 12 this weekend, we have Texas Tech and Iowa State at 3.30, and then we, have, then we have Kansas State at TCU. That's actually a very intriguing game because we have two teams that um, have played good games and have big wins, um, but have also lost games that maybe they shouldn't have lost. And so um, I, I think that that game will go a long way in determining who – of those two teams is going to have a season to remember in the sense that if you end up with two losses and then you start piling up some of these other losses, TCU does still have to play Oklahoma. We'll see what happens there. They still have to play Oklahoma state. Both these teams still have to play Oklahoma state. So there's a couple uh, potential losses on the, on the schedule for both of these teams. So they want to avoid picking one up against uh, the other on Saturday. So OU Texas as is at 11, Texas Tech Iowa State is at 2:30 and Kansas State and TCU is at 3. Um the Red River Shootout is on Fox as well as Kansas State TCU and Texas Tech at Iowa State is on ABC. It is OU Texas weekend. In 2020, everything is different. I have had trouble getting excited about anything when it comes to sports because they're all so weird, but I'm starting to get that feeling about this weekend, and I hope you are too. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you to Barry Switzer. If you are a first-time listener or you've been listening for a while, please like and subscribe on the iTunes store or wherever you listen. Give me a rating. Uh, rate the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, and also go to Big12Bullets.com to subscribe to the newsletter. It was, as always, for OU Texas Weekend. It was a fun visit from a cast of characters that I have created, and that's all I'll say. This is the Bed Goods Big 12 Bullets. <laughs>